from the Mount Olympus of the Intellect, the podcast that teaches you what to think, how to think it, and what to believe. This is Andy with Josh, and today we're joined by John Lester to talk about small computing, digital sovereignty, and the history of the social world of the internet, going back to bulletin board systems and the early white hat hacker community. We discuss Bitcoin as well as Urbit, a personal server and address space of digital land on the frontiers of the new internet. Welcome to the stack. Why don't we just kind of like jump in? I mean, I think small computing, I guess, how, how you got interested in that uh, is that predates your interest in Urbit and really kind of what what frontiers are you interested in exploring there and you know what potential do you see? Well, I think the, the, the reason I really got interested in small computing around Urbit is because um, I kept thinking about how the evolution of communities on Urbit reminds me so much of the evolution of uh, bulletin board systems way back in the day mm. you know when when you had complete lack of of single monolithic centralized places like like twitter or or facebook and it was all a bunch of interconnected personally owned personally sovereign systems you know that were running in people's homes and and part of the uh the the, the mystique of that Part of what I really loved about it was you, you really got a sense of connecting to people in faraway lands and, and, and really sort of traveling without moving, right? Um, you know, I, I, uh, I started calling bulletin boards when I was a kid, and, um, and it, was always, it was always exciting. It's like, ooh, I wonder where this area code is. You know, where is this person's computer? It's sitting in their room in, in some other country or... Or, um, or maybe it's just around the corner. You know, that was fascinating to me. And, and it was wonderful, too, because everyone had a very unique sense of ownership over their spaces. And, and this idea of just, like, jumping around, you know, between, between systems and, and, and that idea of, of people having complete ownership over their hardware. I mean, that's really what got me into thinking about Urbit on... Uh, on, on small computers. And then, really, it was uh, Botter, Botter Nidnall, who... Um, you know, once I connected with him, uh, because I'm not an I'm not an engineer. I, I you know I can I can code my my way out of a paper bag barely, and uh, but I know enough to get in trouble. And when he was you know he he said oh I've got this you know check out my website here I've got all this got all this ARM stuff here and and it, I was like okay cool there's somebody who's actually <laughs> you know <laughs> you just give me the ARM binaries please and I'll run with it. And because um, um, I'm I'm more of an experimenter and um, you know not not a you know I'm not someone who's going to sit down and, and 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 just write a bunch of code but I like sticking things together and more of a systems integrator than anything else and and that's really how it took off I've been playing around with Raspberry Pis um, uh, before before all of this I was uh, it was actually when I was going down to Boston what I would uh, do is uh, I would have a a uh, little Raspberry Pi that I would bring with me and I would plug into the to the office network wherever I was, and uh, you know, plug in the monitor, plug in the keyboard and a mouse, and and I'm on. Um, and that was my portable machine when I was traveling, um, and that's really, really, really what it was. But at the core of it is this this sense of of um, I, I love the idea of people um, having their own hardware, of having complete ownership over their computation and their data. And, um, and I love the idea of it not just being your ship, you know, your own personal 
your own personal server, but then you're like connecting to like, oh, I'm connecting to this. Well, like with, with with the small computing group itself, it's like, oh, I'm connecting to this group of people talking about small computers, and where is this group? It's like a bulletin board. Where is it hosted? Oh, it's hosted on a Raspberry Pi, <laughs> mm-hmm. sitting in John's, uh, you know, John's John's bedroom on a on a shelf. Yeah, I mean, I think it, you know, it's it's an interesting um, comparison because I, you know, like like yourself, I mean, I remember. You know, a classmate of mine in in seventh grade, he was you know hosting some BBS on his home PC, and we would just like tie up each other's parents' phone lines, um, yeah. calling into it, right? You know, and um, you know, yeah, you you had, and sometimes we would you know hear about something and dial in, and it was all like twenty four hundred baud or whatever, um, ridiculously slow. Just download some ASCII art, um, but you have that, yeah, some of the same creative energy. Um, but also, at least in this time in Urbit's uh, development, some of the same kind of technological hiccups of like, you know, the line goes out or something like that. And that, you know, kind of creates some interesting parts of the community. And, we, you know, what will be interesting is that gets refined is I think you'll have that same notion of autonomy, but but much technologically um, slicker and everything. And it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's great. I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I mean, I, I don't come from the uh, technical realm at all. I mean, I, I can, you know, do some programming and everything. Um, but, you know, the, being able to latch on to um, those guys like Botter and basically piggyback on what they're doing uh, is pretty cool. I, I have a, a Rock 64 um, waiting for me on my desk in, in Hong Kong. But I ordered it in August and they said, you know, it was going to take a couple of weeks um, to get there. So I, I, or to get to here in the US. And I was like, well, they're just shipping it from Shenzhen. I'll just have it go to my office. And little did I know I was not going to be there for <laughs> many, many more months. So Hopefully. I'm looking forward to getting <laughs> getting there. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, there's something – it's also – what's interesting to me is just the um, – there, there was the wonderful nature of how communities are evolving on Urbit reminds me of how things started and, you know, sort of the best of times around that BBS era. Um, mm. If, if it, there's – well, a, a friend of mine – Jason Scott is a friend of mine, the, the guy who does the – he's the archiv- archivist at the uh, Internet Archive – um, who archives all the software and just does a lot of amazing stuff. And he he wrote a um, well he 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 produced and and directed a and filmed uh, a documentary called the the BBS documentary. And and it's really this this sprawling I don't know how many hours of footage he has, but he just documented the whole the whole evolution of BBSs from the technology to the culture and. And it's something crazy, like 20 hours worth of footage he had, and he boiled it down to a bunch of CDs. But it's all available for free online if you just Google uh, Interesting. The, the the BBS documentary. John, if you if you ever want to if you ever want to um, take a take a step back in time, you can go to Taiwan because they still actually have a, a BBS there called a PTT. Have you ever heard of that one? It's a, no, no, yeah. Okay. PTT is PTT is a, yeah, okay. was started by a, a college student back in 1995 and and um, still wildly popular with teenagers in mm. in Taiwan. I think they get I think they've got 150,000 users a day now still on this thing. Oh, wow. Well, Taiwan is weird. Taiwan, I mean, like, because uh, even like I mean, China is a little bit like this. Mainland China. Let's not get canceled um, in Asia, but the. Um, you know, it, it, Taiwan, like aesthetically, like their websites are also stuck in like the early 90s because like you'll see like frames and stuff. <laughs> it's like 
pretty awful. But um, but I think like I mean, uh, uh, Josh, the um, BBSs are are they still popular in Chinese universities? I know they were until relatively recently. I can I can talk to a um, high school student, and they are more aware of what a BBS is than an American high school student would be. I can say that. I don't know right. how prevalent it right. is, but they certainly are more aware of them. Yeah, That's but um. But John, I mean, I think that that's an interesting point. I think, um, you know, yeah, these communities, but, you know, go, talking about that archiving um, and everything, I mean, I know, you know, when I first became more aware of um, sort of internet, it was it was in that web era um, and like GeoCities and everything. And a lot of that has just been, been wiped out. You know, you just, there's so much, you know, tripod or whatever, you know, all of these interesting websites that you know launched me into you know non-technical areas of inquiry whatever like philosophy you know theology whatever you know that were discovered there by people who were kind of putting a lot of their life and their thinking online and it's um i think uh, quite a bit of, quite a bit of it has been lost and certainly much more than we appreciate and i i hope that you know there are ways that urbic can be used that the things that are created on it will be more permanent that's a really good point. I mean, that's the thing, you know, if, if, um, yeah, th- th- there's, there's nothing that's archiving anything on Urban right now. And because it's, it's, uh, it's unique, there's no, you know, there's no Urbit crawler going around and archiving all right. the fantastic threads of chats yeah. and things and yeah. the channels. Um, it's, well, it's uh, interesting though. I mean, like, you know, I mean, but it, it's, it's not a storage issue, you know, it, you just wonder, I'm not talking about urban. I mean, I, I think there are some like technical challenges and everything uh, to it. And in some ways, yeah, I mean, I, we don't want an urban crawler um, going yeah. around and there, the, you know, something, you know, even discoverability, uh, I think is, you know, kind of fraught with issues. But I mean, looking at Twitter, yeah, I mean, there are tweets that I, I stuff that I know I said, even, even with, you know, sort of whatever middle-aged dementia I've got but like you know I I just know I had these conversations and they're just gone right you know it's it's easy to be kind of conspiratorial or anything like that but I mean it's just you people I think assume that the internet is forever and there are there are ways that it is and there are ways that you know stuff that you wish that you could unsay is it would go away and it doesn't but there are things that we wish we could retain that that just don't but um Yeah. yeah it's it's interesting to figure out what the balance is right I mean I I think, um, I mean, and, and discoverability is another thing too. I like the fact that it's not easy to find, um, or not, there's no like central source of truth of all of the groups that are conversations that are happening on a platform like Urbit. You know, it's, it's, it's exactly like it was back in the BBS days. You know, you, you didn't have a, anything indexing, you know, you know, all these different BBSs. It was just people sharing, uh, phone numbers. And it's kind of how, uh, you know, Urbit is operating now where people, um, the, the, uh, you know, the convention is kind of like on the weekend, you announce your group and in different areas. And, and if you, if you want to, if you want people to come to it. And, um, so like the discoverability, you want people to be able to discover, but not discover it too sort of generically. And you also want, it'd be nice to be able to archive things, but maybe not everything, you know, and maybe it's a, a totally an opt-in thing. So it's, you know, we're on the, right now, you know, back in the original BBS days, it was completely, you know, you had to discover it on your own and nothing was archived. You know, all those original bulletin board systems, you know, the data are gone. Um, and now we've swung completely in the opposite direction, right? Where everyone can find anything 
and everything is is permanent and and so um maybe hopefully the pendulum swings back a little bit maybe it needs to correct over time yeah and with, with small computing i mean obviously um you know i mean in the urbit context you know there's there's a, many of us myself included use um for convenience sake cloud provider you know and that uh, has helped in stability and everything but it does it, it limits autonomy and maybe there's some you know i mean i guess what do you what do you think philosophically is that what your aim is in introducing more in small computing so that people can get into really kind of owning the entire stack that um they're operating urbit from yeah yeah i mean there's there's a uh there's a there's a philosophical perspective that i that always is in my mind around all of this you know the idea of of um personal sovereignty just in general never mind computing is 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 something that is you know just 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 fading away it seems from my perspective and and in particular with with computing because it's because it's so transparent you know when people say they they there's this there's this mythical thing that's the cloud and it's all it is is other people's computers that's all the cloud is right mm. and yet yet you're yet yet you know the language influences how we we frame things in our mind so we think of the cloud as this benevolent sort of thing floating above us and it's pretty and it looks like a bunny sometimes you know oh now it looks like a, a rabbit but it's actually just other people's servers and and we just forget that, that it's, oh okay that's right my stuff is all on somebody else's server and can they read my stuff you know the the, the idea of you know you ask the average person do you do you think your your data is safe and they think yeah and I say well you know they don't think about the fact that there's very little zero knowledge storage solutions going on where you know only you can see what 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 your data is all about and 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 and, it, and read it and interpret it and all that so for me the at the same time you know i don't i i think obviously there's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of benefit to to cloud solutions for different things and i think it has its place and it has its 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 use cases and i think what talan is doing with the, the hosted urban stuff is fantastic to, to spin people up to this to this idea that yeah i own this it's in the cloud but it's mine you know mm. um it's not you know there's there's sort of it's sort of an intermediary step you know it's not quite just all you know, we're all living on AWS servers, but it's like, you know, I've got my, my Urbit is, you know, the data in my Urbit is mine. But at the same time, I think uh, it's, it's a really, I think it's important for us to think about how we can be personally independent, personally, you know, personally sovereign and take ownership and responsibility. And with ownership comes responsibility. That's the other thing for me that is, is, is big. You know, people think, oh, that means I have to, oh, shoot, I have to make sure my orbit's up and I have to make sure maybe it's connected to a UPS if it goes down. And, and I think that's actually a good thing for people to experience, you know, just just um, ownership and responsibility. And especially if you do something like if you're hosting groups, right? Like I'm hosting a group on on uh, on DASFEB, the, the, the star that I run on. Small computing group is hosted there. And, and if and I have uh, right now, it's up to 20, 20 sponsored planets, right? Uh, 20 planets sponsored by a thing that's the size of a deck of cards. And and if it goes down, all, all those people and the group small computing is screwed. Let me ask you about dosfeb then just to tell people what we're talking about here you've got a star that's running on what is it running on right now raspberry pi is that right it's it's yeah dosfeb dosfeb is running on a raspberry pi 4 okay and you said you've got how many how many planets right now like 20 
20, 20 uh, sponsored planets. So it's the sponsor for 20 planets. And some of those are planets that it spawned, and others are people who asked to be adopted because, you know, they bought their star and uh, they bought their planet and their, their parent star um, was dead and, you know, they're, they're looking for a home. Do you have any idea of what your upper limit on a that machine is going to be? Are you going to, do you imagine have, that you're no, going to... I really ha- <laughs> I don't know. That's part of the what's beautiful. We'll about find it. out. <laughs> it's 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 probably it. My gut tells me when I look at you know when I look at how hard it's chugging along and and I don't have any issue with bandwidth up here in Montreal. We all have lots of happy fat fiber to our houses, at least in my neighborhood. But um, I'm I'm thinking like if it gets tw- if it gets twice as big uh, in terms of usage, then I'll have to think about something maybe a little bit beefier at the same time i'm realizing that most of the bottleneck and botter has done a lot of great research on this too most most of the bottleneck on the raspberry pi is really on the storage side so i'm using mm-hmm. i'm using the micro sd card deliberately because i'm like i want to see how far how far i can push it and get away with using the slow micro sd card so i have a very good micro sd card in there you know not a cheap not a cheap one how, but, uh, how many how many gigs uh 128 a 128 all right gig. okay um, and and it's and it's not about but it's not about the space like it, it's not taking up too much space it's just like the the read the reading and writing and 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 the processing and such um, of of stuff it, it just looks it's I, I want to try the next thing I'm going to be doing is upgrading the and actually I'm waiting for it to come in the mail I'm going to be upgrading to an external SSD um, an SSD drive uh, because the USB 3.0 ports are really fast and mm-hmm. you know I'll have faster data uh, transfers than much faster than uh, the uh, micro SD card but I'm, so once I put the once I put that on I'm gonna look at things and see what it's like but for me part of part of the joy of all this is is the not knowing it's i I don't know how far i can push this and and i tell people you know when they sign up i'm like i tell them uh if you want if you want dosfeb as a sponsor you should want it for a few reasons one because you know if it goes down i'm there and i'm looking at it i even have a you know i i'm very diligent about making sure it's up I even have a, a status monitor that I publicize. I say, hey, look, you can see the downtime if, if it's off. But I also tell people, I, I say, well, this, this is also, this is, you're signing on to an adventure here because we're not quite sure how we can scale this. And, you know, there may be some bumps down the road, but I promised to do whatever it takes to keep it, uh, to, to keep it going. And, and in terms of, you know, grading it to, uh, upgrading the, the storage solution. The other thing is I've been, another machine I've been playing with is this uh, friend, friendly electric systems, you know, the, the NanoPi, right? Which is which is um, a um, Chinese company that makes a lot of really interesting small computing ARM-based stuff. And it's, you know, it's beefier. It's got a, it's got a built-in um, NVMe um, SSD solution. And I'm playing around with that too. So uh, is that the so one that you're, you're running the Bitcoin node on? Correct. Yeah, because that's the one that has. Um, I spun it up from the very beginning with an NS, with an NVMe SSD drive. Uh, I think I have. Uh, it's half a terabyte. Yeah. So five. Oh, okay. Gigs. Yeah. So it's running a node, and it's um, and it's running as another star uh, sock bell, which is not no one's no one's sponsored by it. It's totally experimental because I bring it up and down all the time. But um, that's the other thing I'm really looking forward to as well because. The you know the there's this code that's coming up that's going to allow um, Bitcoin integration with 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 uh, with ships. So you'll be able to like send 
send Naltic Warns, my you know my ship, send me some Bitcoin, and 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 have the ships communicating with nodes directly. So, so the other project that I'm working on is this, you know, and, and it's running right now. It's it's a full 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 Bitcoin node, Bitcoin full node running, and uh, and it's also running Urbit as well. They're not talking to each other, you know, right. they just are running though on the same machine, and it's very stable. It's faster than the Raspberry Pi four, that's for sure. Both in terms of the CPU and and, and the uh, the storage, and down the line, you know, maybe I'll migrate uh, Dasveb to, to to that platform. But for me, you know, Dasveb is is the production. Right. <laughs> it's it's where people are hosted. They're getting their OTAs. It's spawn. It's also the big thing. You know, I, also the, the the big the the big thing for me is you know this small computing group. It's like it's the sp- It's like the BBS, right? You know, it's it's sponsoring the group. And it needs to be responsive enough and reliable enough so people feel confident. And and the last time I checked, I think it was like uh, there's like uh, almost 250 people in the group, which is pretty good size. Um, so that feels it's funny. It does feel exactly like I'm running a BBS. You know, it's uh, and the responsibility that comes with it. You were talking about um, running a, <clears throat> a Bitcoin node side by side with a, with a store. But the um, the upcoming, I'm not sure what you know about this, but the upcoming code, I think um, the uh, Bitcoin node will actually be run on your Urbit. Is that right? Potentially in the future? Um, no, I think you, you, you still have to. I mean, well, there's the Bitcoin node itself, and then there's the communication through, you know, the API and RPC calls of, of being able to work with it. So I, I think the... I haven't dug into it yet. I actually, I, I just saw the the, the, the GitHub uh, stuff that I have to check out. But it's basic. You know, basically, what you'll do is, as a as a ship, you can point your ship to any node, and that's, you know, and, and that node may be running on the same machine as your ship is running, or it could be running on a different machine. So what I'm interested in is like having it all on one machine, right? You know, like mm-hmm. you know, I got my ship, and it's communicating with another node, and that node is on the same hardware, right? You know, it's it's. Uh, and I like that because also it becomes your, your small computing device is becoming a citizen of many of different countries at the same time, right? You know, it's it's part of the Urbit universe, and just the Bitcoin node itself, people don't care about and don't know anything about Urbit. The Bitcoin node is doing its thing. You know, it's sitting there, it's 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 uh, communicating and connected to um, to to the Bitcoin network. So. I, li- I like that idea of, of uh, having your personal device and it's actually doing multiple, you know, it's, it's communicating with different communities at the same time, whether it be Urbit or, or Bitcoin or both at the same. For both of them. So was this your first time uh, playing with uh, running a Bitcoin node? And for both of them, because I, I don't know, I, obviously the, the technical requirements for Urbit, you know, pretty limited, like two gigs free RAM. Um, and then it, there there is some stuff with storage that, you know, comes up, especially if you're running uh, groups as you are. But is that the same kind of constraint with the Bitcoin node? Is it's really just about the amount of storage that you have available? Yeah, and and I've run I've run um, Bitcoin nodes before, both on Raspberry Pis and um, a lot of other things too. But it's it's really just a matter of um, of uh, space because the, the the blockchain right now for Bitcoin is a it's like about 340 gigs, and um, and you know if you're going to run a full node, you need the whole blockchain, and that's just slowly growing over time. But in terms of like the other computational requirements, it's you know like a Raspberry Pi four on its own is totally is you know it's 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 minimal really. 
Um, and it worked it, in terms of having the two running at the same time. I was curious if, if they, you know, how it would work out and it seems totally fine as far as I can tell, you know, I have, I have my, um, and, and all my stuff I have, you know, I've, I've got all the port forwarding and such set up so that it, my stuff is not, you know, is, is basically open. So, you know, I, when I look at the, the Bitcoin node, it's like, oh, I've got, I'm connected to 47 other nodes. And then I look at Urbit and it's connected, you know, it's connecting to a bunch of other uh, ships at the, and, and everything is, is uh, working pretty smoothly. So it's, it's, it's exciting to me. The place of crypto then for you, I mean, does it tie in to autonomy? Um are you, you know, kind of more interested in, you know, kind of what what has brought you into the uh, the Bitcoin and crypto universe? Yeah, the same kind of philosophy, and and actually that's it's a funny story. You know, I I found out. Oh, that's actually the more I think about it, it's even more interesting. It's the, the way I discovered Urbit was because of an intersection between crypto and actually bulletin board systems. So, well, first of all, I I you know I told you I've been involved in you know, online communities going back to bulletin board system days. And, and part of that also involved being involved with the, um, the sort of the old school hacker community back in the day. And, um, so one of the, one of the, uh, the groups that I, you know, people had different groups and handles and I was, I was known as count zero back in the day and a bulletin board handle and, um, and hackers back then were just people who wanted to explore. Right. You know, the way I got into sort of pushing the system was because I discovered bulletin boards and then I discovered that it costs a lot of money to use long distance calls. Right. <laughs> and so I, so I remember as a kid, my father coming upstairs and and saying, John, what the hell is this two hundred dollar phone bill? And, and I and, you know, I'm going to unplug your modem and. And so, of co- so I had two options. One was stop calling all my bulletin boards and, and connecting with my communities and friends. And the other was to figure out a way to make free phone calls. And of course, option one was not an option. I was like, yeah. I'm not going to stop calling these, these boards. And so I, I started discovering these sort of hacker boards. And it's like, oh, you can learn about the phone system. It's really interesting. And there's all this information. And it's, and it's not about doing anything criminal, really. I mean, although, you know, it's just about trying to explore without constraints. And if you're a kid, you know, you don't have money. You have limited options. And so, you know, I figured out, like, oh, I found these, these, these sort of hacker bulletin boards and learn how the phone system works. And you can make long-distance calls like this for free and connect to these networks. And and I just found it fascinating as I was learning more about how all these systems were connected. And so I started getting into the the, the whole, uh, you know, sort of computer underground scene and, and you know, and um, – 2600 magazine in New York and and uh, and uh, Emmanuel Goldstein, you know, meeting all these people and and one of the groups that I started clicking with were a bunch of crazy people out in in uh, originally out in Texas, uh, the Cult of the Dead Cow, one of the oldest uh, sort of uh, weird hacker groups that did a lot of funky sort of performance art at uh, different hacker conventions and things, and um, so I I. Uh, I became a member of the Cult of the Dead Cow, and still, well, technically still, we're still together today. And we would do things like write interesting articles about technology and some really crazy creative, uh, creative writing. And and um, and you know, it was interesting too because then the Cult of the Dead Cow kind of got back into the the news when Beto O'Rourke came out right. you know, publicly as being. You know, and I'm like, yeah, he's he's psychedelic warlord. That's you know, that's that's how I know him. Uh, back in the day, we we're all kids. 
so that's so anyway, Cult of the Dead Cow, right? So frame discovered that whole group and community through BBSs, and on the crypto side, I've always been I've been interested in crypto, you know, probably since uh, well, two, 2013. That's when I started getting into it, and um, I was always fascinated by this idea of disintermediation and personal ownership and remove and not just decentralizing, but disintermediating. You know, removing the the rent seeking behavior that's going on that is only to the advantage of those people seeking the rent seeking behavior, you know, the, the, trying to, trying to extract value and, and, um, and not provide any benefit. And, and so that's how I started getting into crypto and the whole idea of, of, you know, that resonated very strongly for me. And so anyway, how I discovered Urbit. So I was at a, um, uh, a cryptocurrency conference, uh, about a year ago. It's a Satoshi Roundtable conference. And I'm at this conference and I'm wearing, I decided I was going to wear my Cult of the Dead Cow t-shirt. And because I'm like, every, you know, he's in the, Vader O'Rourke is still in the news. I'm like, ah, oh, I wonder if anyone remembers, you know, uh, you know, if, if, if anyone actually have read some of the stuff that we wrote back in the day in the BBS day. So I wore my Cult of the Dead Cow t-shirt to this uh, pool party at the conference and I'm walking around and, and it was, and, um, this guy comes up to me and goes, "Hey, Cult of the Dead Cow. I, I used to, yeah, I, I love the stuff you guys wrote back in the day. It was crazy." And I'm like, "Thanks." And 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 it was Galen. It was Galen. All right. And and he's and I didn't I didn't know about Urbit. I got I I I didn't know I'd heard about it vaguely, but he's like, I'm like, "Hey, what are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, you know, Urbit." And I'm like, "Urbit, that's what's up with Urbit?" And and we talked a little bit, and then he gave me a card, which was. A free planet card, you know, it had the the, the 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 master key thing on the back, and that's how I discovered Urbit. So it was this intersection of, you know, at a cryptocurrency conference, and the only reason he came up to me was because I was wearing a Cult of the Dead Cow T-shirt, you know, which which is the BBS thing, and then I just found it so fascinating the 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 sort of this this the perfect circleness of it all, you know, it's like yeah, and then uh, when I started digging into urban, I'm like, this is this, the communities that are forming in this space and the potential for them to grow even further is the same kind of electric, creative energy um, that um, that uh, I remember was first sparked back in the in the in the BBS days, and then bringing and then recently with you know the cryptocurrency integration code, you know, and I'm thinking, wow, and now you know the Bitcoin is you know the idea of of bringing that into the the ecosystem around Urbit is is uh, fascinating to me. So f so it was very complete on a philosophical <laughs> on a philosophical level for me. Um, but I get very excited about again this this you know the fact that again that not just um, you know that, that Urbit is 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 about so many of so many levels of this this personal sovereignty. Uh, you know, it's it's the with the small computing, it's the hardware level, and on the on the on the community side, it's the you know it's the idea of like hosting groups and and taking ownership and hold and responsibility for propagating you know propagating the groups and sharing knowledge about the groups and then combining that with a decentralized and disintermediated better form of money. Uh, that's like the holy grail for me. If if you put Urbit and and Bitcoin together, I, I I don't know if you if you read this, but there was a there was an article from was it from Curtis Yarvin, I think uh, a couple of months ago. the The title of the article was something like "Is Bitcoin going to become uh, a country?" the 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 thesis there was that the currency side, the monetary side of that, um, was taken care of, and and you could potentially grow into a country from Bitcoin, right? So 
what it sounds like you were saying is you, you've got the two components, you know, you've got the currency and the land now together in one place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, you have a way to to uh, transfer and store value. You have a way to communicate, and um, and it's all in a system that I think is 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 growing in a very an, an incredibly healthy organic way even the you know the the uh, and, and i like that it's a little glitchy sometimes i think that's actually I, I think that's actually very critical to the healthy growth of sort of frontier type of communities you know because the the, the key thing about any kind of frontier growth is that it's dangerous right there's mm. there's you know the pioneers are the ones with the arrows in their backs that kind of thing right and and so there's there's, a, there's an external sort of edginess to it it's like space exploration hey we're in a hard vacuum okay that's kind of <laughs> that makes you wake up in the morning and go all right uh, let's let's all work together to survive because outside it's dead you know and and i think that right now i i i hope that urbit can keep that kind of edginess for a while because I think it, um, it's, it's healthy. It's, it's a healthy external uh, stressor to, this, to, the, uh, to the technology, but also to the, the people, right? So, so the common, common thread in my, my life has always been, you know, looking at this intersection of communities and, and technology. So, I, you know, I, I come at this more from a, uh, you know, career-wise, I come at it from more of a system integration and product perspective than just strict engineering or, or strict sort of social. It's this intersection of people and tools and, and especially communities, the growth of communities, communities of practice, communities, uh, you know, pioneering frontier type communities. And, and I think that, um, you know, what we're seeing with Urbit, every time there's like little glitches or things change, um, every, everything, health, everything grows back stronger. Right. You know, and 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 there's a and it makes people more also um, people tend to uh, help each other and and learn to uh, to trust each other and be kind to each other when you're in a, in a system like that, when you're when you're on a when you're in a frontier. Uh, again, it's like, you know, it's one of the reasons I'm sad that, you know, space exploration hasn't uh, taken off as much as it can, because I think the, the human species will be much better and healthier when it's exposed to the, <laughs> the frontier and the sure. harsh, the harshness of space. Um, and, and right now, urban is kind of like that, right? You know, there's, there, you don't get much of that, uh, you know, when you're on Facebook or, or YouTube or anything like that, but in, on urban, especially cause it's like your ship, even the metaphor, I love that. It's like your ship, you know, it's, 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 uh, what's that quote? You know, ships are, uh, ships are safe in harbors, but, that's not what ships were made for. Ships were right. made for the frontier. But at, at, at some point, like there's going to be a, a crossover, ideally, right? You know, I mean, to the when when the Urbit project gets to a certain level of maturity, and you hope that the the culture at that point is you know stable enough that it's not infected by it. But you know, there will be a crossover into um, the broader world um what do you think that will look like you know what do you think are some applications that will be best and most constructive for that and kind of you know where do you see urbit in 10 50 100 years i really don't know i i think it's like saying like i think we touched on something earlier that's critical is that you know you're looking at now like for we're looking at now adding bitcoin to the mix with urbit 
And that is not simply, oh, it's we're doing it because it's easy or it seems like a nice idea to do. For me, that is a deep, deeply philosophically important thing, right? You know, because you are you are basically creating um, the opportunity to have a completely a, a, a sort of touring complete culture, right? A touring complete society where mm. you have communication and you have um, communities forming and groups being able to form, you know, around uh, in human scale, human size that you can get your head around. And, and, and you have then the ability to transfer and store value, right? You know, have transactions and things like that. So, um, you know, what's the future of that? I, I don't know. You know, it depends on what's going to grow on it, in my opinion. I don't know what's going to grow on it. You know, will it be just recreating what we currently kind of have now? Or are there going to be new types of communities that we never even thought about? Because for me, a lot of when people ask about the future of, of technology, I, I, I keep thinking about how it's, it's the technology is the substrate for the communities of people who bring their culture to it. And sometimes, you know, typically what people do is they take their existing culture and they map it onto a new template. But then at some point, there's a there's an inversion where then the template is allowing people to create new types of cultures that could have never existed before. The same way, you know, there's a, there's a um, you know, there, there are inversions with technologies like, you know, originally streets were, you know, originally you had uh, horses riding on you know, walking on, on dirt roads and then the automobile came along and the automobile had to ride on the dirt roads and, it, and the people on with horses laughed because the cars weren't optimized for the roads. But then eventually roads were paved and then, oh, okay, now the horses are on the roads with the cars, but now we can have things like 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 faster cars and we can have you know we can do more things with that so suddenly the the new technology allows new things to be built on top of it and you see even with things like with cryptocurrency with the defi that's going on right now people are recreating all the existing banking financial instruments on cryptocurrency you know loaning yeah. how to how to loan how how to do loans I mean granted it's it's innovative in that there's disintermediation you don't have to have centralized banks proving things it's all it's all uh, smart contract based which means anyone can participate and there's no there's no again there's no uh, centralization but you're recreating the old on the new medium but then suddenly you know I, what I'm waiting for with like with DeFi is you know what about the things that don't exist that have never been able to exist because we didn't have you know, decentralized finance technology. And I think the same thing is going to be happening with, with, you know, with when you have something like Urbit growing to the point where it's, it's, it's easy enough for everyone to use. And it has this integration with uh, cryptocurrency, which is critical because that's how you transfer and store value back and forth. And you have commerce, free markets. And what's going to grow on top of that? Well, what's going to grow initially is the same old, what we've done before, you know, but then what's going to come along that, never existed before that's what's fascinating to me and I, I don't think we've never been good at predicting that as a species yeah no i mean I, it, my question was really unfair because it's kind of like asking columbus um you know in, in before he sets out you know well what what do you think um you know your project is going to end up like and he, well he would just say well i think i'm going to end up in india right yeah. um and <laughs> it's uh you don't know what's what's in between there um, yeah. you know, and I, I, but I think like, you know, I mean, the DeFi is, is interesting because I mean, like, you know, that, um, decentralized finance is, you know, and I come from the traditional finance world, um, and I look at it and, you know, like you, I mean, I just think, I think it's fascinating. I mean, I think what they're doing is right and it will unlock a lot of things that'll be much more democratic and it has that, you know, potential to, you know, remove a lot of more problematic parts of our current legacy financial system. 
But, you know, I mean, it, it draws out some of the greatest geniuses and some of the worst actors you can imagine, oh, yeah. right? You know, and it's, you know, you, you, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and in, in some ways, like those people themselves are, you know, super smart. Um, and, you know, they're seeing what they can uh, do to extract value from the system. You, you wish that they would apply their intelligence in constructive ways, right? Because then that would mm. kind of advance everybody. But, you know, I mean, but the fact is, is it, it is like, you know, gold mining or whatever. I mean, you, you sort of bring uh, all kinds and, yeah. it, you know, yeah. I, I do think that the we're in a very special point in time with this intersection of a few things um, in terms of like where the future is going uh, for for you know with urban and all and 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 i think it's 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 about this intersection between small computing right the the idea of being able to have all of your data and all of your computation and everything you know in smaller and smaller form factors intersecting with urban technology which is this you know peer-to-peer it's it's a networked computer that's what urban is it's a computer intersecting with with uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. So that's like, okay, now we can have transferring, storing, and value. And not just currency. We can talk about, you know, tokenized securities and digital assets, right? You know, that's this whole other thing that's enabled by blockchain tech. And so the intersection of those three things to me, you know, the, the small computing, the urban technology, the, the, the cryptocurrency, is, is, is a perfect storm. Because then you have a, you know, like I said, it's sort of like a touring complete, society right you know and and where is that what's going to grow on top of that it's it's completely decentralized disintermediated it's totally sovereign because you know you'll you'll have you, you will still have i mean there's a place for cloud computing and all of this but but at the core of it i think you know it'll be commonplace for you know the same way we're carrying around smartphones that are basically supercomputers in our pockets it's funny to me we even call them fo- just phones it's not it's a portable smart computer it's a portable computer networked computer um but taking it to the next level with urbit it's what's fascinating to me is is i i think we will see you know the same way you don't know what kind of cultures will form when people colonize another planet because it's so different i think we have no idea what's going to happen when when you know this this you know whatever we call it urbit plus small computing plus plus cryptocurrency what's what's going to form on that that's that's i'm i just am excited to uh, be at this moment in time where we're just seeing it being born thanks for listening if you'd like to learn more about the topics we discussed today please go to www.thestack.link there you'll find links to listener biographical information explanations of terms we use and a shortcut to personal well-being and enlightenment You can also find us on Twitter at thestack.link. That's T-H-E-S-T-A-C-K-D-O-T-L-I-N-K. Please also consider subscribing and hitting the like buttons on iTunes or SoundCloud, or iTunes and SoundCloud. Tell cute girls that you listen to us, and they're sure to give you their telephone number. And babies. Once again, I'm Josh with Andy, and this is The Stack.